0: Listener Production.
1: Your Morning Agenda with Natasha
0: Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 15th of April. In breaking news this morning, Denmark has become the first country to stop the use of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. The country's health agency has announced it will permanently suspend its rollout because of the vaccine's link with very rare cases of blood clots. It comes as speculation grows, other European countries may soon follow suit. Here in Australia, health authorities have revised our medical advice for the jab, with experts recommending those under the age of 50 not to get the AstraZeneca jab and instead be offered the Pfizer vaccine. Meantime, America's top infectious diseases expert has praised Australia's COVID response but says we need to make our vaccination rollout the top priority. Since the US vaccination program began in December last year, more than 35% of the population has received their first dose – Here in Australia, just 1.3 million doses have been given so far. Speaking as part of a University of New South Wales lecture, Dr Anthony Fauci says there are lessons we can learn from the US rollout and what President Joe Biden has done since coming into
2: power. What he's done, for example, is open up community vaccine centres, get vaccines to the pharmacies, develop mobile units to go out to get the people who are in poorly accessible areas and got vaccinators, namely people who would be administering the vaccine, he got as many of them out into the field as he possibly could. Those are retired physicians, military personnel, nurses, medical students, as many people as you possibly can to get out there and administer it.
0: Back home, and our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has confirmed that mass vaccination hubs will now be on the table when National Cabinet meets next Monday. The federal government will now meet with state and territory leaders twice a week as it scrambles to try and get our vaccination rollout back on track. Here is Mr Morrison.
1: We would like to see this done before the end of the year, but that will only be possible if we can ensure that we have the max vaccination program in place that can do that in that space of that final quarter.
0: Meantime, the Prime Minister has refused to apologise to former Australia Post boss Christine Holgate. Ms Holgate accused Scott Morrison of bullying her out of her job after he last year publicly condemned her decision to award expensive watches to staff who had secured a lucrative banking deal. Malcolm Turnbull has weighed in on the debate and here is the former Prime Minister on the project.
1: What he should do is at the very least is apologise to her. And, the, and she should be reinstated. I mean, I, I think it is one of the worst examples of misogynistic bullying I've ever seen.
0: And the man behind the biggest investment fraud in Wall Street history has died aged 82. Bernie Madoff ripped off celebrities and charities in the world's largest known Ponzi scheme worth around 65 billion US dollars. And we'll have more details on this story with Peter Switzer coming up shortly in Business and Finance. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning and we start in Victoria and the truck driver who killed four police officers last year on the eastern freeway has been sentenced to at least 18 years behind bars. Mahinda Singh was high on ice when he ploughed into the officers in an emergency lane. Outside the Supreme Court, the father of one of the victims has described the family's heartache. No amount of punishment can replace the loss of our loved ones and the missing
2: place at our tables that will, be, that will be felt by us for the rest of our lives.
0: To Queensland now and locals are celebrating the easing of COVID restrictions across the state. Our reporter David Shiraz has more from Brisbane.
1: Good morning, Tash. That's right, no more awkward smiles through masks as Queensland COVID restrictions are finally eased. It's been 17 days since that Greater Brisbane lockdown prompted a tightening of restrictions across our state. Those living in Brisbane are now able to stand and dance in pubs and clubs again, gather outside, visit loved ones in hospitals and aged care homes. Masks will still be required at airports and on planes across the state, while the guest list for weddings and funerals is now bumped to 200. Private gatherings can host 100. There's no limits on the number of people that can gather in public, meaning stadiums will also return to 100% capacity.
0: To WA now and the Prime Minister will fly into the state's Midwest to see firsthand the devastation caused by ex-tropical cyclone Sorosha. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has more Perth. That's right, Tash. The Prime Minister is in WA for the first time since 2019 with support for Midwest communities at the top of the agenda. The Department of Fire and Emergency Services has now released initial assessment findings with seven homes in Kalbarri completely destroyed by ex-tropical cyclone saroja Meantime, more than 150 properties in Kalbarri and Northampton were also damaged, 54 of which have been deemed severe. There are concerns at could take months, possibly years, for the region to completely recover, with the federal government now releasing emergency payments with $1,000 for adults and $400 per child. Scott Morrison says it can be difficult, but if you need support, it is available.
1: Australians who've never had to reach out for support before, very self-sufficient, I know how self-sufficient Western Australians are, reach out. The support is there for you at a time like this.
0: And to New South Wales, hundreds will gather at St Mary's Cathedral this morning in Sydney as one of the nation's most iconic fashion designers is farewelld. Carla Sampati, who was a much admired businesswoman and trailblazer, passed away earlier this month. Our reporter, Kim Bradish, has the details from Sydney.
3: Yes, legendary fashion designer and businesswoman Carla Zampatti's life will be celebrated today as loved ones and friends, including Sydney A-listers, attend a state funeral at St Mary's Cathedral. The 78-year-old was a perennial of the Sydney fashion scene, as well as the social scene known for her elegance and appreciated for her savvy business sense. She passed away in hospital a week after falling and hitting her head at a performance at Mrs Macquarie Point. For more than 55 years, she was a passionate advocate for Aussie fashion and a role model for women in business. She made clothes for ordinary women as well as models and movie stars. She was appointed a member of the Order of Australia in 1987. In 1980, she was Australian Businesswoman of the Year and in 2008, she was awarded the highest honour in the Australian fashion industry, the Laureate Award. The state funeral will be held at 10.30 this morning and will be live streamed.
0: for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we are joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. A new listing for a cryptocurrency exchange debuted on the US stock market overnight. Now, it was expected to surge... But it didn't happen.
2: Yeah, that's right. Coinbase did open at an unbelievably high price of three hundred and eighty-one U.S. dollars on the Nasdaq exchange, the home of U.S. tech stocks, and shot up as high as four hundred and twenty-nine dollars, but soon dipped below the debut price as Coinbase shares traded off their highs. The price of Bitcoin also dropped off a record high of more than wait for it sixty-three thousand eight hundred dollars. Crypto investors were hailing the company's stock market debut as a major milestone for the industry after years of scepticism from Wall Street and regulators. The new exchange will make it easier for investors to buy and sell cryptocurrencies.
0: And the world's preeminent economic think tank, Peter, has told the Morrison government to cut the company tax rate.
2: Yeah, that's right. At a time when the US President Joe Biden wants the world to agree to a minimum twenty five percent company tax rate, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development wants Australia to cut its thirty percent company tax rate for big business to twenty five percent, which would match the tax rate for small businesses here. Just when our economy needs a plan to help their recovery, the OECD says the government needs to encourage the relocation of labour and resources to growing and more innovative firms as well as making it easier for workers to find jobs across state borders. A lower company tax rate would help grow better new age businesses with better pay rates as well.
0: And Peter this was such an extraordinary story. We mentioned it earlier at the top of the show. The biggest investment frauder in Wall Street history has passed away.
2: That's right. Bernie Madoff, the infamous swindler who burned thousands of wealthy New York and Florida investors, including film director Steven Spielberg and actor Kevin Bacon, has died in a federal prison at age 82. Now, that was always going to happen as he received an incredible... 150-year sentence. For decades, Madoff enjoyed an image as a self-made financial guru whose Midas touch defied market fluctuations. He was a former chairman of the Nasdaq stock market but eventually he was exposed as someone running a Ponzi scheme where new money in paid for the returns of existing customers, covering up the fact that the money wasn't actually invested and the big returns were just lies. He swindled $60 billion from his followers.
0: And, Peter, so much of that money is still missing.
2: Yes, they keep on looking.
0: Peter, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett Richmond is out to snap a two-game losing streak against
1: St Kilda tonight. Yes, good morning, Tash. Well, a blip on the radar is how they've described their two-match losing streak at the moment, of course. They're coming off uh, back-to-back premierships. And with uh, the shorter turnaround between seasons, they were... Potentially always going to get off to a bit of a slow start. Still sitting at 2-2, two and two, so definitely not panic stations. And their last result was that close loss to Port Adelaide over at the Adelaide Oval with an undermanned side. Before that, of course, very disappointing against the Swans. But they tend to have at least one of these games a season, and it's usually early on Richmond. Tonight they face the Saints, who are coming off uh, that stirring come-from-behind win over West Coast. They really need to concentrate on not getting off to slow starts. So if they do that against Richmond, it's going to be a long win. Way back, and of course, the biggest star always in the Richmond side is Dustin Martin. And St Kilda coach Brett Ratton says that they will try and limit his uh, influence any way they can.
2: Probably the best way is hopefully gets a cold. you can't stop Dusty getting the ball. He's going to get the ball, but he doesn't have to get it 30 times, we can maybe he can get it 20.
1: So the Saints are unchanged there was some doubt around their Ruckman Rowan Marshall, he's battling a foot injury snapped his uh, plantar fascia last week, but he will apparently play the Tigers have recalled a couple of premiership players in Daniel Rioli, who was dropped last week Camden McIntosh has recovered from concussion, at Carlton they've got two players uh, who are set for surgery, Jack Silvani will be out for up to a month, he needs to get his shoulder looked at again, that popped out in round one kept playing, then he heard it against the sons. Zach Fisher, uh, their small forward, uh, needs surgery on an injured ankle. That's a little bit worse than they initially uh, forecast. He will be out for up to two months. So a couple of injuries there for the Blues.
0: Yeah, and so early on in the season to the NRL, now Breton, a daunting challenge for the Broncos as they prepare to host the Panthers tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For Kevin Walter's men, of course, just the one win so far this season and one win or two wins in the last 12 months, both against Canterbury, who you would expect that they would be at least competitive against tonight. They come up against Penrith, the only unbeaten side left in the NRL, and they have thrashed uh, a number of teams as well. So uh, that's going to be difficult. Uh, Of course, they've made a big call at selection, uh, the Broncos dropping their million-dollar man Anthony Milford to uh, the Queensland Cup he did get some defence though yesterday from his coach Kevin Walters
3: it's a lot to take on for a young man and I do feel sorry for Milford in some regards he's been accused of everything that's that's happened here at the Broncos when in actual fact that's really unfair and I feel for the pressure that's been he's been placed under and really when you look at it it's amazing that he's still playing the game.
1: So, of course, he has been under the spotlight for the last few years because of that big contractor, Anthony Milford. So that's a a big game tonight for the Broncos. They certainly don't want to be disgraced on their home turf at Suncorp Stadium.
0: No, we wish them all the best. And Adelaide United came up with a novel way to decide who took A penalty last night
1: Yeah, they're full of confidence at the moment (laughs) So much so that they had two of their players Craig Goodwin and Tommy Urich uh, Facing off in a game of rock, paper, scissors To decide who would take the penalty It was locked up at one all Against the MacArthur FC last night In the end, uh, Urich actually uh, won rock, paper, scissors But let's uh, have a listen to what happened next
2: Next Took his time, picked his spot
1: Kept his nerve after a paper, scissors rock Which he actually lost to Tommy Urich, but Tommy Urich had a thing about it and thought, okay, I'd better give it to him. So Tommy Urich actually won Rock, Paper, Scissors, but then was a gentleman and gave it to Craig Goodwin. Now, the scores were tied at one all at that point in time. So this is a crucial point of the match, but uh, obviously a lot of confidence there. And now moving up to second on the ladder, uh, just behind Central Coast. So Adelaide United, one of the form teams of the A-League at the moment.
0: Hang on, you've buried the lead there. If you win the competition, you've got to follow through, don't you? I Rock, know. paper, scissors. I
1: only, yeah, only they would know why the loser actually uh, took the penalty. But, well, it's very um, controversial, Brett. But hey, it, it paid off. They
0: scored. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you.
1: You too. Thanks, Tash.
0: Taking the weather details around the country now this Thursday morning. Sunny conditions for Brisbane, top of 28. Sunny also for Sydney, 27. Showers developing in Melbourne today with wind on the way, top of 20. 20 and sunny today for Canberra. The showers should ease for Hobart, just a top of 15 degrees today. Shower or two on the way for Adelaide, 21. Sunny and 24 for beautiful Perth and mostly sunny. And a lovely top of 33 for Darwin. And that massive cargo ship that blocked one of the busiest trade routes in the world is back in the headlines. The owners of the ever-given cargo ship that somehow managed to get stuck in the Suez Canal last month is now facing a massive financial fine. The Egyptian government is reportedly asking for more than $1 billion in compensation to cover the cost of the salvage operation, lost transit fees and also the stalled traffic. The vessel has been seized and is being held in the country until its Japanese owner pays up. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand-new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.
2: Listener.